Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with With daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Manchester United Redcast. It's me, Chris Curley, for another week of analysis of what's been going on at Old Trafford on and off the pitch. And joining me um, after what has been a traumatic week. Is is the only BP I know that doesn't have an environmental malpractice lawsuit when he has a leak. It's Ben Paul. Hello, Ben. <laughs> Best intro ever. Hello. And of course, um, joining me in our three for our threesome um, is a man who I can confirm for a bet changed his last name to Riley because he's a huge fan of Countdown's Rachel. Dan, that's correct, isn't it? Absolutely, one hundred percent correct. Yes, my previous name was Daniel Vorderman. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Rachel Riley is a massive red. Well, let's start with the conundrum, um, which is Man United oh. this week. Can you see what I did? I mean, oh. it's like I've this made is slick. Slick, right? It's just slick. Um, I mean, last week was a big week. We predicted last week it would be. Um, obviously, with uh, Southampton, we won 9 0 as a record home victory, as per with Ipswich, but we're kind of going to gloss over uh, that because we were. We were happy and on form and of course we have to turn our attention to what happened on Saturday night against Everton um Dan before we go through goal by goal what's your overview of what happened on Saturday night um I think it was uh, I, 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 it, I mean it, it it's football at the end of the day and and to throw in a cliche there that that the beauty of it really is that you are you 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 never know when a game is won. So 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 that is kind of the 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 beautiful side of this game. Say, everyone... Dan, didn't you know? Didn't you know when the game was won? Wasn't there a ninety fourth minute message on our um, on our chat? No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I you know, and, and this it was unlike me. I, I I kind of said this was a great result. Um, unfortunately, it was it was just that it was. Uh, switching off. I mean, what the, the one thing I think that is always frustrating is is those. And I'm not going to blame uh, Axel, but giving away a silly foul that allows the opposition to get into your box late on is is always a really frustrating and an annoying thing. Get, you know, giving away a silly fouls um, 
But I think it's kind of overall the feeling was, my feeling was of, of immense disappointment, but then a, a sense of I was almost pleased the next day feeling that sense of disappointment because it shows how far we've come. Um, it was, the, the, you know, these things happen. I, I, I think it happens too often with us, with the, with the you know, the, the, the set pieces, and, and that's something we kind of clearly need to address because I think if we don't address that, we we'll, we'll won't quite get to that that next level. Um, but it was it wasn't a defeat, and so I'm kind of I'm I'm looking at it now with that kind of those rose tinters on, and um, you know we'll, we'll 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 have to see how it goes on. I mean, other points will be dropped along the line. Um, it was a frustrating result though because it was we had it. You know, we you had it. The victory was ours, and we we just threw it away. We'll, we'll come on to the match goal by goal and take and, and kind of relive the game. Um, and we can also draw attention then to Ben's WhatsApp text, so he shouldn't be too cocky about <laughs> on Saturday night. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to that. Ben, you know, the Glazers won the Super Bowl last night. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they bought Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, they helped them win coming from a team that was really, you know, a losing team to a winning team. Um, Brady clearly brought that elite mentality to that group of players and that organisation. So if the Glazers and the Bucks won the Super Bowl last night, did Man United super bottle it on Saturday? Oh, very good, very good. No, look, I, sometimes you win a game, smash and grab. You win when you didn't deserve it. Last night was the opposite. I felt injustice. It was a massive kick in the bollocks. There are so many positives to draw from the game. We were so good, especially the attacking half. That four at the top were fantastic. You know, Green was back in form. Rashford was, all right, he he, he scored a few chances. But Cavani was majestic and Bruno is Bruno. There are loads of positives, but bloody hell, that was a kick in the bollocks. I don't think we bottled it. I just think we were guilty of silly mistakes Sometimes we don't take our chances. Last night, last Saturday night, we didn't take all our chances, but it was very much a game of hapless defending. And I will play the blame game, and I will blame De Gea, and I will say that I hope he's dropped right now, and I hope Henderson comes in. And I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. Henderson, he commands that box. De Gea was pathetic. He parried like he did against Sheffield United to lose us that game, parried pathetically, didn't command his box. So did we bottle it? No, we were just error-ridden. Oh, well, I think we have bottled it. I mean, I think we have bottled it. I think there's a pattern of bottling behaviour. And when it comes to big moments in big games, this United team bottles it. It bottled it in the semi-final in the Europa League against Seville last year. It bottled it in the semi-final against Chelsea. It has continually bottled it in the big games when there's a chance. When there's a chance to put pressure at the top, whether it's Liverpool or or City, with um, even at Anfield, the, the the point at Anfield now looks rubbish with Brighton, Burnley, and City whooping them yesterday. That looks like a rubbish wasted point when that team is crumbling before our very eyes. Arsenal again the Saturday before, Sheffield United bottled it. So this was a big week for me where we couldn't bottle it, and I think we did on Saturday night. I think you know. You're right, everything about the attacking team's playing well. But at the back, we bottled it. 
But let's go through goal by goal. Dan, we got to a really um, good start with Cavani, who I love and adore <laughs> um, for his wavy, bouncing hair, um, scoring the first goal. Um, that was the kind of goal we have missed, haven't we? Yeah, well, like, we've said it before. I mean, he's he's he gives us that um, he gives us that that point of the points. spear, and um, and I think you know that that's something we've definitely missed the sort of the presence up front, um, which which is you know absolutely something which we don't quite get from any other player, um, and I think that we've always been um, a, a side that you know wants that presence up front, a club if you like, that wants a presence up front. And I think he's providing that, um, which we haven't had probably since uh, Ibrahimovic's departure. And Benny, is that penalty box um, predator? And if we can score scrappy six-yard goals, that's going to help us, isn't it? Of course it will. And he's he's clever in the box. You see the little the, the, the waiting game and the, he takes a step back and he just creates space where there isn't really space. But, you know, credit to Rashford, that was a pinpoint ball beautifully played well you know um in the whole premier league um cavani is second with uh, headers four out of his six goals have been headers yeah and calvert lewin's the foot the top one isn't he yeah calvert lewin who'd have thought that, <laughs> who'd have thought that? But we'll come on to that we went up to two nil um with bruno and dan online everyone got very excited about that bruno goal particularly at half time even man united's own account tweeted about it on yesterday Comparing that goal to Cantona's chip, I mean, mm. what is your position? Well, it wasn't it whether wasn't. this goal was like Cantona's chip. It just wasn't, was it? Really? <laughs> um, it was. It was more like a kind of Ronaldo goal in the way that Ronaldo used to hit it with such power and venom, and kind of almost just knowing that the ball would deviate somewhat if he if he gave it enough purpose and direction. And that was what it felt to me, because it felt like one of those, I'm just going to fucking leather this. And it just dipped over the keeper. Cantona, I mean, the Cantona chip against Sunderland. I'll just check this for... Yeah, that's Cantona chip against Sunderland. That's what they've yeah. compared it to. No, um, uh, totally, totally different. I mean, it was, like ben, I said, it was more like a Ronaldo welly it. Ben, was it a chip or a whip? <laughs> See, I think it was more like the Cantona against Sunderland, but uh, you know, I, I like to disagree what? with you two. <laughs> it was a chip. It was a chip for podcast purposes. It was a chip. no. I, I honestly thought so. I thought it was. A, it's a chip. It's the Cantona. The Cantona goal. Whoa, 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 whoa! Right, that is not how you chip a football. No, the Cantona goal took probably <laughs> like. I don't know, three or four seconds to reach the back of the net. And Bruno's was like in there in a second. So chip. That... a chip is when you get your foot underneath the ball and it, <laughs> the ball, right? and it goes over the goalkeeper. And you just, it... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of that because you claim to score them every single week in our, in our BBC five-a-side game yeah. 20 years ago. I did five-a-side and that was over like five-a-side tiny goalkeepers and I still managed to chip it. <laughs> it wasn't five-a-side, no, no head height. Uh, not in the BBC game. Not at Pitts in Manchester in 1998. No, like, Bruno's goal was a whip. It was a Beckham-like whip. Mm. It was a Beckham-like whip. Like, Tottenham in 99, like, away at Deco, oh. like, Coruña in the Champions League. That was a Beckham goal. Anyone who compares that to Cantona doesn't know what they're talking about. And also, that moan of that Sunderland goal <coughs> from Cantona was that he'd had bad form. 
He, he hadn't played well, hardly scored that much. And it was his last season at Old Trafford. And before that, he'd won two doubles, a league and another league to come. So don't be comparing yourself to Cantona until you've won something. No one should be comparing him to Cantona <laughs> until he's won something. Because I can see it in terms of the impact in a year of turning it round. But within eight months of Cantona being there, we'd won the league. He's been there a year. We haven't won anything yet. So I just think we need to temper that Cantona comparison. I don't think he was comparing the two players. I think he was just comparing the chip. Anyway, anyway, let's digress. We're 2-0 up. It looks like we've won the game at half-time. We're feeling very confident we're playing well. United won the game once, um, but David De Gea makes a mistake and it looks like um, Everton are backing it down. Yeah, it was... I guess it was... The, the, the team looked like they didn't come out at it, as the... as. You know the pros like to say they, they like you know the game was won, and I think there just wasn't enough intensity and the 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 you know the mistake and 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 the the, the goal to bring them back in it, it sort of has two psychologically it has you know two effects doesn't it United are sort of like oh geez we, you know we've we've let in a stupid goal and heads drop. And Everton are like, we were out of this game and now we're back in it, you know, within five minutes of, of the restart. So it was it was um it was a bad, bad goal to concede. But and maybe it's maybe your question of bottle there, Chris, is that then what you do is if you if you're not a team that bottles it, you make sure that in the next 10 minutes after conceding one, you don't concede another. But I'm I'm going on forward. I'll let Ben pick up. <laughs> well, I think at halftime, everybody saw that Everton didn't have the connection between midfield and attack. James Rodriguez was not spraying the balls around to his front three or two. So therefore, the halftime team talk was going to be easy. And we should have been well aware that once they'd made that connection, that we were going to get under attack. I called it with my Everton mates at halftime. I said, you're going to come back 2-2. I told them. I didn't expect it to be that quick. So the second goal, yeah, sure, should have shut down Decore. Um, I want to come on to that. I want to stick to the. I want to stick to the two-one and 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 that moment because, you know, Maguire got a lot of criticisms for that goal, but that is the goal Mahari Maguire is always going to concede, and it's where we're weak at centre back. And if you play down the ball down the channel of Harry Maguire, you're gonna have a chance now. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, again, Ben, happened to um, run him down the channel, was super strong, you know, kept Lindelof and Maguire occupied all night, I thought, and put in, um, put in a, a good ball across. But in fact, it probably wasn't a good ball because what was David Gea thinking? He was neither catching it nor was he punching it, Ben. No, well, he's got he, he's got form for, for hapless parrying. Um. He, I think he's. They say he's a bit introvert, and that shows in his goalkeeping. If he'd been the extrovert Schmeichel, you come out roaring and you smack that ball away. You're, you're firm and you're, you're you're decisive. He wasn't two one, and then a few minutes later, it's two two. Where with Hamid Rodriguez, you know, has got uber quality in the box when it comes to finishing, and he's proved that at, you know Bayern Munich, and he proved that at Real Madrid. So. Why did the 2-2 happen, Dan? How did that happen again? Was that just another defensive lapse or was that Everton quality to get back into the game? Well, 
like I, I, I sort of touched upon it before. I think that when you get when you when you when you're so comfortable, it, was it they say there's nothing more dangerous than leading two nil because because you you at, at one nil you're kind of you're you're still you're still careful, cautious. You're only you know one goal from conceding an equaliser. At two nil you sort of think well the game's okay, we we you know we, we've got a nice cushion. You then concede. With a with a with a stupid goal, and then you suddenly the psychologically everyone sort of goes a little bit to pieces, or certainly they did with United. Maybe it didn't help that it was De Gea's kind of um, lack of confidence because of sort of um, seat through the rest of the back four. But also Everton are a very good side, and they kind of capitalised on the indecision and uh, um, you know poor play at the United defence at that point. And, uh, you know, they they probably probably deserved their equaliser, weirdly. And Ben, you were talking about Decorey, you know, putting that cross in and picking that's out... That's the only criticism. That's, that's my only criticism of that goal, because it was a good goal. You've got to hand it to James. Um, if there is any criticism, yeah, sure. Shouldn't have. St- I don't think he should have stood back, sh- held off a little. I think he should have attacked the ball a little bit more. It gave Decore the time to to, to thread the pass. You're right, because I think that. Sh- but that's in Shaw's DNA. The amount of goals I've seen coming in from that side, where he's jogging, fast jogging out to the ball and not pressing the attacker. Yeah, that happens a lot with him. That's one of the reasons I've always not liked him because he doesn't stop the cross. And he, if if it had ran out there with some urgency, he'd have made Decorey think again, perhaps about maybe I go past him, maybe I come back inside. Mm. Because he jogged, Decorey had the time to assess the situation and mm. pick Rodriguez out. It was unmarked in the box. Yeah. I mean, it was two-two, and it was a quick, painful two-two um, um, comeback for us because it all happened in a space of a few short minutes. And now United have to go and win the game again, and they do. And McTominay McSauce gets up from a free kick um, to make it 3-2, Ben, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And, um, you know, f- f- fine goal. Um, no, no, I thought that was it. We all thought that was it. And that's his second goal in two games, McTominay. He's coming on leaps and bounds. Um, it, I can't... Of course, had points, didn't he? Rashford had chances as well yeah. to kind of finish the game off. Well, he did. And, and you know, I don't want to criticise Sir Marcus, but he really, I mean, a few, there were squandered chances throughout, but Marcus should be getting, he should be putting those away. He could have, he could have put his 4-2 up. And I kind of, again, I, I told, I was in my chats with my Everton mates, I said, we need to score four. And I've said, I said we, we talked about it. We talked about it. Even at half time, when it, at 2-1, he said we need three or four. Because they was they looked dangerous, Everton, and we looked we looked weak. We we looked we looked porous. So even though it was 90, 94th minute, there was still something hanging over us. Dan, you know, we've conceded a lot of goals from set pieces. What well, did United manage that last three or four minutes of injury time well enough for you? Well, no, I mean get the 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 whole thing about, you know, um, you know, managing the game, seeing out the game. I think that's something which clearly this team haven't quite figured out yet or haven't, you know, aren't, aren't good enough at doing. Um, the one thing you just don't want to do is is give away those free kicks, those dangerous free kicks that I mentioned earlier that just allow the opposition to get into your box, especially when you're not a team who regularly concedes from either corners or free kicks. 
being um, being whipped in. Um, it's interesting you were saying about the needing another goal, Ben. Before the nine nil, I think, um, and before the defeat with 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 United, Sheffield United, we'd 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 been winning games only by a goal, and I think that's something which you know we need to get. We need to start taking these chances when we are in that position at three two. You know, it's about getting a four two. Um, and we are doing that with the way we play. We are doing that. We're unlike under Mourinho, where we'd probably be thinking, right, we'll just sit back and, before, and sit on it. But before City won yesterday, I think, and this might still be true, I've not quite checked the stat, but we have scored the most goals in the league this season. Yet, yeah. conceding, we are 10th. Yeah. Now, that's just that just can't go on. I thought the last couple of minutes, United were brain dead. I mean, Wambasaka plays the ball inside to Cavani as Cavani's making the runs of the corner flag. And it gets intercepted. The ball breaks on the halfway line. Tuanzebe has just come on, probably cold, makes a stupid foul when he's going nowhere and puts us under in pressure where we get under the ball. Maguire is deep. I mean, you know, it's another conversation about why is, why is your best header of the ball uh, deep there when it probably should be more in a position where you can attack the first ball. And then David De Gea comes out like he's a pipe cleaner. <laughs> well, no like command. One. In, I mean, front, in, front of, week. in front of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who somebody had um, put on the WhatsApp group, I don't fancy your man that much, to, didn't he, Ben? No, I just said I didn't think he was that good-looking. You know, it was... <laughs> <laughs> when he missed the one-on-one, you were It was the one-on-one, yes. Even though he was flagged offside at the end of the first half, I'm like, surely he should have put that away. So, yeah, I'm, I'm tempting fate a little bit because of your, 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 your penchant for, for, for Calvert-Lewin. But overall, I was... Uh, I eat my hat... Uh, it was pretty impressive throughout a physical dominance. That, I was, um... uh, I, I was. It was funny because the the I found myself um, in the situation where the 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 immediate pain of a last minute equaliser or winner for the opposition is not quite the same now, is it? Because of you, I was desperately hoping that the VAR would call a hand I goal know. on Calvert. Yeah. And I, was, I know, it's all right, VAR. Var, yeah. We are Varchester United. We're going to get away with yeah. it. I know. And, uh, and it wasn't, I don't even think they really had much of a look at it because before you knew it, we were, we were kicking off. And um, yeah. Well, so, not, um, even, not even VAR could save us on Saturday night. It was a real mood killer in the Curly household. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about um, whether, how we change that mood going forward and whether this is the uh, end for David De Gea in the first team uh, for a while and give Dean Henderson a go after these messages. So come back and we will discuss everything else that's going to come up this week at Manchester United. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. 
e-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back to the Manchester United Redcast. Um, I'm still here. It's Chris Curley. And of course, joining me in my special threesome are Ben Paul and Dan Riley. Um, We've talked about David De Gea a bit, uh, Ben and Dan. And this is a recurring conversation we keep having because of the mistakes he makes. If you look in the Premier League, um, his save percentage is 62.9%. He's 22nd in the Premier League. Jeez. Right? Only Rui Patricio at Wolves is lower. 22nd? There's only 20 teams in it. Well, there's all the multiple oh, goalkeepers oh, playing. Oh, keeping the other... Oh, my yeah. goodness. Right. Rui Patricio is the lowest, 59.7. Is he? Yeah. Dean Henderson. Dean Henderson is 78.6 and he's fourth. Can I, can I take a wow. punt? Can I take a punt at who's up the top? Is it the guy at Villa? Uh... You can take a punt. I actually haven't got that answer. I'm interested in United stats. Yeah, I I was just just interested because I put him in the fantasy team. But um, (laughs) yeah, um, I think, think, yeah, well, that's that's pretty damning, isn't it, really? I mean, there were three shots on target on Saturday night and all three went in. Yeah. So, I mean, what more do you want? What more does David Hayard need to not do? for Dean Henderson to get a proper run in the side? Because I don't think we can go any further with this goalkeeper situation into another season. Well, you're kind of hoping he doesn't do a Jim Layton and drop him and destroy him. But I think he's got no choice now. Well, I don't... I mean, I I think that there was a time, earlier there, where this sort of happened... my my dates and times aren't great, but earlier on in the season we had a similar situation, didn't we? And and Henderson came in for a few games, and then De Gea was kind of put back in, and then I seem to remember he kind of put in a couple of great performances, but he seems to have sort of slipped. He seems to have regressed again back into that pattern of you know making making you know this big is mistakes. a two year this is a two year pattern now. This is at least a two year pattern. You think about the mistakes last year, his soft hands, his lack of courage in his decision-making. You know, they've surrounded the keeper on him. They, he got done for the goal, didn't he, at Sheffield United? Because he really wasn't strong enough. People know he's not strong enough. He's, you know, with Dominic Calvi-Lewin, he should have actually probably done a bit of a Jordan Pickford and come and cleared him out. Look, my, my, I have, I have, my take, my overall take on De Gea is, I, I think... If you are someone who really wants to achieve greatness in the game, De Gea would have left United and and gone and played for a club where he was going to win stuff. But he was more he was more about it seems just stay, staying where he was and becoming the most expensive, becoming the most the highest paid goalkeeper. And I think that that basically says a lot about his mindset, you know. And maybe it's time to cash in. And are you staying for three hundred and fifty k a week? Or are you going to go and try and win trophies elsewhere? How much money does he actually need? He's got enough money to live for the rest of his life quite comfortably. He's got it. I mean, I I just want him to go at maximum market value. Um, we were talking a year or so ago at him being a seventy-five million pound goalkeeper. I don't think he's a fifty million pound or even less. I don't. I think his market value has gone way down. But that's United's thing, isn't it? We well, no one's going to spend that money now with COVID pandemic, no fans coming in. No, no one's got, no one's got that money. I mean, I don't think anybody had that money anyway for a goalkeeper of where he could go. 
I, I think at the moment, I would, I would, my, my feeling would be Henderson gets in now and gets a run. You know, just to, like Henderson now is, he gets a run and he's allowed the errors, a few errors that De Gea has been allowed, but you give him the run and you see, you know, and maybe that run is till the end of the season now. And then you make your decision at the end of the season and say, is, does Henderson, is Henderson quite good enough? Do we then either try and sell De Gea or maybe just go into the next season? Because don't forget, De Gea is what, 31? I mean, we could easily, you know, the, a, a better, a better um, if you like, economic thing might be to hang on to him for another season and then try and sell him later on when maybe more money has come back into the game, if, if that, you know, if that is going to happen. But I think you've got to give, if you're going to put Henderson in, it's got to be in and not just for a couple of games and then bring De Gea back because you're yeah, never going to know if he's good enough. It, it, totally. And I think it's the type of mistakes that De Gea is making, but also when he's making them, you know, you tune a lot just after second half starts, you've got to be strong and, and have your concentration at the top level for that kind of thing. So that decision of parrying out, he neither caught, I thought he dropped it at first, but he actually parried it soft into the middle of the goal. I mean, they teach you that day one of goalkeeping. Well, there was that. I don't see it, and when he makes them are the problems. Yeah, well, yeah, interesting you say that. Chris, because obviously we talked earlier about bottling games and that semi against Chelsea, what was it? It was just straight after half time, wasn't it? We're one nil down and he lets that one in and then you know that's it. It's gone. The game's gone at that point. That's what's going to happen at goalkeepers at the top level. You're going to be cold for a long time and then you're going to need it to perform. And if he's been focused for 10 years, that's going to wane. I mean, even Alisson made his mistakes yesterday. Well, yeah, because his feet were cold, wasn't it? Because his feet were cold. But Ben, I think we're in a similar situation. I've been thinking about this. Because I've got not much else to think about right now. <laughs> and I've been thinking about how we're probably at a similar stage of our evolutionary process that Klopp was at Liverpool before he signed Virgil van Dijk, the top-class centre-half he needed, and Alisson, the top-class goalkeeper we needed. Klopp was scoring goals and he was conceding them. But he signed those two players and it made Liverpool the best team in Europe, as much as I hate saying well, that. Well, funny, it's funny you should say that because there are some uh, centre-halves that uh, we might have been looking at across Europe that could fill that void to play alongside Harry Maguire and give that defence the, um, the final keystone that we that it needs well, who have you been scouting then <laughs> well funny enough there is um we're looking at Jules Condé because um you know Pep was interested in him last season at 55 million euros <laughs> but Sevilla didn't didn't uh, didn't sell him he's he's kind of like a new Cafu he's a left footer he's great on the ball I mean the skill set is unbelievable quick agile great passing range but the only thing is, and he's a left footer, I might have mentioned. The only thing is, he's five foot ten. You, I've, I, I think you've been, you've noticed the fella, haven't you? What do you think? Well, I claim to be five foot ten, and that's not tall, right? So <laughs> I, would, I, I would worry that in the Premier League, whether five foot ten is big enough. I mean, he's got loads of great attributes. He's good on one on one. He can travel and do the channels. He's good on the ball. Um, I just worry whether he's got the physicality of it. And I, I've been looking at people like um, Canate, who's been linked in the papers today, actually, at, at Leipzig. Yeah. Six foot three. familiar with Canate. You can say no. Uh, no. I, I was... Is he, is he at Leipzig? 
Yeah. So, because we've been, we we've been linked with the other guy. At no, Upa Meccano's at Leipzig, but Upa Meccano looks like Bayern are in pole position to get him. And I, his mate is Canati's from the Ivory Coast. Who's I, left. I have a, I have a theory about buying centre halves uh, in the Premier League, and that is, I think ideally you buy someone who's played in the Premier League. I would be thinking Fafana from from Leicester. Um, he seems to be looking like a real prospect and he's got a season, a good season of the Premier League under his belt. It's going to cost a fortune, but I, I personally think, you know, Van Dijk had done it with Southampton, had that experience of coming through there. I would be hesitant to get a player that hasn't played in the Premier League. So it's like you need someone, you're saying you, we need someone who can just slot straight in and not have to, not have to acclimatise, basically. I don't, then, well, I don't uh, think we've got time for acclimatising, Chris. If we want to make that step up, I think it's got to be someone, you know, I mean, are there any other Ruben people? Diaz. You look at Ruben Diaz, arguably City's player of the year, and ironically, the replacement for, for Lindelof, um, that he's 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 slotted in immediately. I mean I'm not I'm not saying it doesn't I'm not saying it doesn't yeah. it doesn't work but I what I'm saying is I think you've got less you 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 your risk you're taking slightly less of a risk if you take a player that that's come from the Premier League I mean obviously the 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 difference now is that that those players in the Premier League are more expensive so you know Fafana will probably I mean god knows what what price they'd put on him I think um, Fafana I think Ben White at Brighton, in that category of he's been in the Premier League, Ben White at Brighton impresses me. I'm not, I'm not sure if he's super quick enough for what we need. I mean, the problem, of course, we're still waiting for Adik Bailly to really acclimatise because he's only played 96 games out of a possible 269 games. I think we have to accept that Eri Bailly is a crock. He's arguably the best, the best centre half at United. Can I throw a bit more of a wild card? Tarkovsky. I mean, perhaps. Everyone I mean, I talks about good. how good Burnley have been at the back. Um, him oh, and me. I think we need two centre-halves. Yeah. I think we need two. To get through a season, I think we need to sign two. I don't think you can trust Bay to stay fit. And Axel hasn't stayed fit either. So what's that leaving you with? You're you're stuck with playing Lindelof and Maguire who, you know, can't turn. They can't turn and Lindelof can't really jump and gets out-muscled. So, I mean, that's... That's the stuff that's coming in the papers today is that United are either going to sign a, cent- a top-class centre-back or a centre-forward. Truth is, we need both, and they're banking on Cavani staying another year to fix that and cover that, and cover I that mean, gap. I, the, way, the way I'm looking at Cavani at the moment, I, 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 wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have a problem with that because, obviously, the, he's, he's going to have a, half a year to get used to playing with the players around him. I, I think that... Another season of Cavani. He doesn't look like he's got any fitness problems. He's no, I agree. I agree. Seems like to be in that. He seems to be in that Ibra bracket of someone who's not. You know, he's not. It's not about the pace with him, is it? Anyway, so it's 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 more about the movement and getting himself in the right position. So I'd be happy to take another another season of him up front. Well, listen, we've got two another two big games coming up because they're coming thick and fast. Firstly, um, Tuesday it's West Ham in the FA Cup. Bound to be some changes there, you'd think, Ben? Yeah, I think... Um, I don't know what the situation is with Pogba, but he's... West Ham are in fine form at the moment. Um, obviously, we're going to change the goalkeeper. Bailly will come back in with Maguire. Um, I'll, I assume Matic will probably play. Um, whether it's with McTominay or Fred, 
I don't think he'll risk Van de, Van de Vaart, so I wish, um, Van de Beek. Um, and I think I'd like to keep the top four the same. I would. I'd like them to play every week and every, every, every few days, however, you know, whatever the gaps are, I'd like them to continue playing because they are forming an understanding. And Dan, for West Ham, are we going to go or is this going to be kind of a, a tough um, battle against Moyes' team who are in, a, in good form? Yeah, I watched a bit of them. I watched a bit of their game. I, I, I haven't watched a, a huge amount of them, to be honest. I mean, I've just seen their results and been, you know, been quite um, quite surprised because I, I, I sort of thought they were could be nailed on to go down this season. But he seems to have got a he seems to have got a, a group of players playing playing pretty well there. Um, I think it's going to be a hard game. Actually, I do. I think it's going to be a tough Richard. game. You know? Well. I've got a feeling we might be having some pens. United to win on pens. Dean Henderson. Hendo, Hendo, Hendo to win on pens. Um, uh, who to miss? Declan Rice. Um, All right, well, put your, put your, put your um, bet on for that. If you're have a wager with friends is probably a better thing to say. Uh, ben, do you think we can go through against West Ham? And what's your yeah. take on West Brom? Yeah, I think we can go through against... I think we can beat best both of them. You know, <clears throat> the Battle of the West, we will win because let's look at the positives. We were really good against Everton and we were fantastic against Southampton. If the team... And we showed a lot of, um, you know, a lot of strength, a lot of um, backbone in coming back from 2-2. So I think if we just forget that last-minute goal, tying up the defence by sticking by you, yes, we will win both games... And um, I think the West Ham game will be tight. The West Brom game, we will. I'm looking at, I'm looking at three or four there. Oh. Well, West Brom weren't, you know, so bad yesterday against Tottenham. I watched some of that, and they were a bit of a threat with Gianni up front. Uh, Dan, it's Valentine's Day on Sunday, so are you going to be able to watch the game against West Brom? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, definitely. Um, United are your one true love. That's right, isn't it? <laughs> well, we're, no, no, of course. Though, my 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 darling wife is uh, is a close second. Um, but um, yeah, I'll definitely be watching the game. I mean, uh, let's let's um, let's hope that um, West Brom don't pull off one of those kind of annoyingly. You know, I mean, let, like. The, the, Big Big Sam gets a lot of stick, um, you know, around the game, and but he's he's not a he's a he's a he's you know he's a smart man. He's a smart manager, and you know he'll he'll have a plan. So you know, let's just hope that we can overcome what he's got because you know they're a team that are desperate for the desperate for the points at the moment. Um, and yeah, I think it's I think they're two tricky games. I mean, we you know we just have to see, and and I think it's obviously it's another one of those things where. It, it it's it kind of crucial to the rest of the season. If we can come through, still be in the cup, keep that momentum going and get a win at West Brom, then we're still keeping that pressure on City, which, you know, I think, I, I, I know people have said they're going to walk away with it, but I just, I don't think they will because I think the Europe's coming up, they, 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 are, they have these mad ricks where he plays odd teams, so I just think we've just got to keep that pressure on them. Okay. Ollie needs to talk about um, not talk that we're not in a title race because we are. I still think we are. I still think you're right. I think City can drop points and we should put the pressure on because if anything, it's good practice. 
but when mm. we're gonna gonna win it because i think i think we're on where we are we do all think we're on the right track it's just that these massive mood killers happen that put us in a difficult place but can i say on a positive note well, yeah. when we lost- when we lost 6-1 to Tottenham, Liverpool then went on to lose 7-3 to, to Villa. Liverpool are now 10 points behind City. They're going to be 13 points behind when City win the games in hand. That's a fucking positive. They're not going for t- title 21. <laughs> You've got to look at the bright side there. Um, we will. We all, we're always looking at the bright side, taking us back to Rotterdam in 1991. Yes. One of our best... No, if Everton win their games in hand, they'll go ahead of, of, of Liverpool. For Liverpool not to be the best team in Liverpool is fucking brilliant. So, ben, Dan, thank you once again for joining us this week to talk all the things United. I think we're going to bounce back this week with two strong victories, putting the pressure on. And before we go, remember, forever and ever, we'll follow the boys of Man United, the Busby Babes. Come on, you Reds. <laughs> This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.